Welcome to DWU FAQ, a podcast by Domestic Workers United, where we provide answers to frequently asked questions about the work that we do. I am your host, Christine Lewis, a worker leader of Domestic Workers United, a movement about respect, fair labor standards, power, and a movement about ending exploitation in the workplace for nannies, elder caregivers, and housekeepers. Here we will answer your frequently asked questions about different types of domestic work and life with members of Domestic Workers United, special guests, allies, and friends. On this episode, we'll be talking about the role of love in caregiving and the unspoken expectations of employers with some members of Domestic Workers United and early childhood educator, Justin Gomez. Our work takes us in an unregulated work field that's not regulated by labor laws or fair labor standards. But we're called upon as caregivers, nannies, housekeepers in New York to give care to kitten kin. And when I talk about kitten kin, I mean the children and their parents. And by the way, that's a really tall order. You're not just giving care to the child, you're giving care to the parents. And there are so many unspoken words and nuances in the job that is not implicated when you're interviewed or when you're having conversations with the parent. Let me give you a scenario, an example. One could be you're hired to take care of the child and everything that surrounds the child. But then the parent would drop on you. Could you take my shoes to the, to the shoemaker? That's not within the realm of taking care of a child. So one could say, what's love got to do with it? And love's got to do a lot with it. Because the caregiver, the nanny, the housekeeper is, is, is paid. One would assume to take care of the child and everything that's surrounding that child in the home. What's love got to do with it? We talk about Mary Poppins being fictitious, right? There's no such thing as lighthouse keeping. Mary Poppins made it seem so easy. Just a spoonful of sugar will help the medicine go down in the most delightful way. That's not true. You know, the rigors of caregiving demands love and love and love and much more love. While we could say it's about the money, sometimes it's not about the money. Because we're, we're overworked and underpaid. But love, just caring. Seeing that child develop, seeing that child laugh, seeing that child come into a, a, a being um, assertive. Yes? Could money pay for that? So again, I pose the question, what's love got to do with it? We could look at a woman in the early 1990, Mother Hale, Clara Hale who took in infant babies, drug-addicted babies, aid-addicted babies into her home, and she just nurtured and loved those babies. It was her mandate. It was her gifting. As a matter of fact, it was her call to take care of these babies. Yes? In Harlem in the early 1990. As cliched as this may sound, and you have heard me use it over and over again, what's love got to do with it? We'll hear from one of our members, Deborah, about Mother Hale's power of love. She took care of babies, Mother Hale. Then 
took care of babies that had addictions. What did she do? She held them in their arms while they were crying and rocking. And she says, I'm going to help these babies by holding them and telling them that they have love. When you hold a child or hold someone, it's an act of love. If nobody holds you, you don't know what love is all about. Love don't give you no disease. And what cured a lot of those babies with a crack, born with a crack addiction was Mother Hell sitting in a rocking chair, talking to them babies, seeing them puke their brains up, whatever. And those children became healthy. It's just love, right? I don't think Mother Hale was paid tantamount of money to do what she was doing. She was called, it was placed upon her to give care to these children. Next, we'll be speaking to Justin Gomez, early childhood educator and member of Domestic Workers United. My name is Justin Gomez. I am a uh, toddler teacher. I teach in the Montessori pedagogy, I guess you could say. But before that, and currently even still, I work a lot in home care. So I, I worked as a nanny. I've worked as a babysitter. I've traveled with families, um, doing all sorts of things for over 10 years. So what is the importance of the relationship between the caregiver and client? Well, I think number one, the first thing that the caregiver needs to establish is trust between um, yourself and the parent because the parent is entrusting their child to you and you need to present yourself in a way that's professional um, so that the parents can feel good that as they leave their child with you all day that you have the child's best interests at heart and that, you know, you're going to take very good care of them. They come home, they're happy and safe and well-fed and taken care of and all that. So, yeah, I think the first thing that is important to do is build trust with the parents. Our primary job is to take care of the children, but oftentimes we get asked to do a lot more than that. And I think that's a big reason why I joined up with DWU, because I believe that domestic workers need help and support establishing boundaries. It's really hard to do that when you work on an individual basis in a family. Um, it's not a collective work site, and so it's hard for women to bond together, and yet DWU has figured out a way to do that and, and talk about those issues. So that's, that's, that's a big reason why I joined DWU, because I wanted to fight for women who work in these situations. So I, I, you know, I like to say very often, what's love got to do with anything? And I really uh -huh. like to say it because what's love got to do with it? You talk about loving the child. You really have to love the kid. But yet there yeah. is a, 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 you're working with a kid in that environment. Yet there is this unspoken expectation yep. of engagement of the employer. It's not yeah. spoken, right? They expect yeah. a tantamount, whatever it is. And, and, and they hire you to take care of this child. Yet something else happens. Could you speak to that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I was actually thinking about this the other day. You know, I, I work in a, um, in a community setting, so in a school. And, you know, I think what the school plays on is that you, you end up bonding with these children so much. You end up loving them so deeply as your own children, right? You, 
in many times you spend more hours of the day with these children than with your own children at home. I, I don't have children, but a lot of women who work in child care centers who work as domestic workers do have their own children. Um, and and you, you love these children as if they're your own. And then I think what ends up happening is that employers take advantage of that. They know you love the children so much. And so they ask you to do extra things or they'll ask you to compromise yourself because they know you're there for the kids. And it put, it's, a, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable thing. You're stuck between wanting to stand up for yourself and perhaps knowing that your employer is overstepping your bounds, asking you to do more than they're paying you for, asking for extra this, that, or the other housework or whatever. And it's hard to walk away because those children mean so much to you. There, there have been instances where fathers have been inappropriate and I've had to leave and it breaks your heart because you love the kids so much and they're, and they're sad and they don't understand it and you can't explain it to them. So I think lots of employers play off of, they pull on those heartstrings, you know, and that's not fair. I agree. Um, case, I mean, I've seen it all the time as somebody who works in the mm-hmm. industry how that could kind of segue into that caring again, what love's got to do with it. It doesn't pay the bill, but you're loving this kid unconditionally. You're leaving your kid to come into Mm -hmm. this home and care for this kid unconditionally and giving that love. You know, Mm -hmm. some of us, our children are resented by us. You know, they resent the parent because we go into homes and give, you know, you can't put a price on that, that love that we should be giving to our children at the corner. Or, or in our homes or abroad where our children come from. We go into this home, make these homes pristine, love these children a little more than our own sometimes. That's why I say to women, yeah. you know, we call, we, we give the, the, the kids, we, we call the kids, we give them endearments, uh-huh. we call them love, honey, sugar, plum. I say to uh-huh. women, make sure that <laughs> when you go home, make sure to call all your children honey bun, primrose, mm-hmm. sweet mm-hmm. pea, Tolum pumpkin, <laughs> call them all the, the names and beyond because it's true. Yeah. A very fine line goes through that. So tell me, how can the domestic worker protect themselves and how can an employer be more aware to not take advantage of this caregiver? So that's almost like a two-part question. First off, I find that a lot of families tend to take their nannies for granted. Very rarely do any parents ever ask me about myself, my story, um, you know, why I do this work, where I'm trying to go, what, who am I providing for? I think the first step that parents need to do is humanize the situation. Often everybody's in a rush. No one stops to talk and ask people about their lives. And, you know, I, I'm an exception in, in some ways in the domestic workers um, field, but a lot of domestic workers come from other countries. They've had a lot of hardships. Like I said, most of them are women who have their own families. They may have had a, a, a profession at, at, in their home country um, that doesn't correlate necessarily. They came to this country for a better future or for a better opportunity, and this was the work they could get. Um, and so I think the first step is to just ask your like really get to know your nanny, care about her as a person. Um, because she's taking care of your children, what could be more important? But uh, honestly, I often find that sometimes people take care of, are, are nicer to their dog sitters than they are to their nannies. It's, it's incredible. They also pay their dog sitters 
better than they pay their nannies in many cases. I just don't understand it. So I think that's the number one thing. And then, you know, they should pay people a fair wage. I know that most of these parents would be irate if they were in the situation that their nannies were in and were being asked to do all these things. If at their own workplaces, they would say something to their bosses, demand raises, demand days off, you know, stay home when their children are sick. And yet they don't think to give that to their nannies because to them, they don't humanize their nannies. They just use them. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I think the responsibility is on the parents to take that initiative. Educate yourself, but just give, give a fair wage, give fair benefits, you know? I want to thank Justin Gomez, early childhood educator and member of Domestic Workers United. Let me just say that the relationship between a parent, a child, and a caregiver in a, in a home is an intimate thing. It's really, there is no guideline that guides domestic work in the home. There is no law that really protects a domestic worker. It's a one-on-one, one employer to one employee, yes? And so there is no level, no sort of protection, except for this win that DW got in 2010, which gives a little bit of protection. There are unspoken expectations by parents. They hire the, the, the caregiver to take care of the baby, and the caregiving with the baby morphs into housework, laundry work, going to the, going to the store, going to the shoemaker, going to the, 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 the laundromat, going to the dry cleaner, when they're all separate jobs. Again, I like to say this is a conscionable thing. Doing right by your caregiver, if she comes in to take care of your child, which you say is your prized possession, or your, your precious gem, that woman has a life all of her own. And she should be made to feel a part of that pride just as your child. As your child is your pride and joy, that caregiver should also be your pride and joy. Yes? And so this woman has a life from when she came and she comes into your house. This job is about integrity, power, fair labor standard, and love. Our member, Lisette, leaves us with this. I have to add, uh, I always say the mother is a natural thing. All uh, caregivers we have come from our hearts. And I always say, like, you see the animals, they're not teaching to be a mother. Since they come out, they know how to be mother. So they're not <laughs> our children. And we have to take that place because it comes from our hearts, something that we come with, natural. And we don't read the books. You know, we study how to be nannies, but that love is come from inside. And it's very, I have to say, very professional because our children are ours. So we have to separate this in the mind, but this we can give in that love. It's a wasted love because when you live and you know it's gone, but always in your heart, not on them. So this podcast is produced in partnership with Brick and our producing mentor, Keisha TK Dutes. Yeah, yeah. With many thanks to our members, our producer. Folklorist Eileen Condon. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you. And thank you for listening. To support DWU, visit domesticworkersunited.org.